welcome to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show. This is Justin, along with my cousins Derek and Tyler. We are recording this episode on Tuesday, September 12th. We are three days removed from a 42-35 loss to Oregon, in which our defense was shredded in the first half, giving up 42 points and over 400 yards total defense. Defense, defense, defense. Derek, what happened to our defense? I don't know. Have they showed up yet? I think they got lost in the flight. Well... I don't know if they've showed up to Lincoln yet. So, out of two nah, games, we're averaging fair. over 531 yards a game. This is, the, our, this defense is not anywhere near what any of us hoped it would be. True. I don't know. I don't know what to expect anymore. Diaco says they're improving. I think Oregon just kind of let off. But, but yeah, it's it's. It's a real shame our inability to defend the pass. Tyler, what, what say you? Yeah, I mean, it, it is really sad right now. And what I will say, though, is, you know, when you, when you looked at that game plan, you know, a lot of people are crushing Diaco for the way he executed. And, and, and I went back and forth on this, but it's a, Oregon's a tough team to defend. I mean, you know, there was a lot of plays that our guys were not necessarily in a bad position, but they just got outran. And, and uh, some of that plays on Diaco. you got to switch things up. And I know we're going to get there, but I think the second half was an improved game plan. But, you know, the guys got out, man. The scheme, I don't know if I love completely. I get that you're not fast enough to compete with Oregon, but I don't know why you're not up there competing and going one-on-one with the wide receivers and getting physical. Um, they did it more in the second half, but... Yeah, you know, you you get you saw them get outran. It just it was bad. It was bad first half of football. You're right, Tyler. You did say you sent us a text during that game and something to the effect of "Wow, we look slow." I mean, we just we just couldn't compete with their speed. Derek. The other part of this is, and I know we're going to get to this anyway, but our offense did not help that defense out by any stretch of imagination. That's true. That's we had true. some I mean, very we, good drives that we looked very good on. But we struggled so bad at times against a defense that I'm still not convinced is very good. Well, what would you guys say changed in the second half to make our defense look good and actually play well? Tyler? Well, you know, I think Oregon, a lot of them changed. You know, Derek kind of alluded to this. I don't want to say Oregon took their foot off the gas, but they changed their play calling. You know, they they ran something along the lines of – Eight, eight times they passed the ball the second half. And, you know, and they ran, and we held a good job holding them um, in the second half. But, you know, when you team, when you were giving up a lot of yards in the air in the first half and they stopped throwing, it made the defense a lot easier to defend. It did. Derek? I, I, I'm going to go with, uh, with Oregon stepped off the gas. Like, like Tyler said, you know, they started running the ball. They weren't. They weren't running that hurry-up offense near as much in the second half. I think they came out with 42-14 lead and thought, we got this, let's just make sure we don't screw it up. Nebraska made it a game, so I guess you could be proud of that, but I don't know. Well, in the second half, second half, we seem to have made stops where we just couldn't do in the first half, and I get it. You know, they, they weren't throwing as much because we couldn't defend that, but, you know, our run defense, they stepped up. But why do you guys think – you know, let's say it wasn't all because they changed their offense to pass more. Why do you guys think that Diaco struggles to make those changes during the game 
in the first half from the booth? Why does it take till the second half? Because I think well, I we mean, saw the, a little bit of that in the Arkansas State game, right? Justin, you're right. I mean, the second half we played a lot better defensively. You know, I don't know. I, you know, the, the first half of football to me reminded me of like an MMA or boxing fight where the one guy was getting pummeled and just waiting for the bell to ring to get out of that round. I mean, that's really what it was like because we, God, we wanted that halftime so quickly. Our defense was just getting beat up, and and, and maybe some of that's on Diaco. I mean, maybe he needed to make adjustments there. I, I think it's hard to really change schemes uh, in the first half. I, I don't get his personnel packages. I, I really don't know why you're playing newbie the way he was in that first half. He, he was in a man on an island out there. He can't guard receivers. He can't defend them. But I think the second half, besides just Oregon taking their foot off the gas, I think that goes with the heart of this team. And, and this is something we've seen in the past. You know, you look at the last decade of Husker football are these big blowout victories. There aren't many of them. And I can't actually recall one. Where we were getting beat up that bad and we made a comeback. Uh, the closest would be Ohio State. But I don't remember the Ohio State game ever being uh, that this big of a blowout. This was a team we were getting beat up on. And in the past, we would have died. Yeah, and it's it seemed, about the heart of this team that they came back and fought through it. It seemed like it got out of hand real quick. By the second quarter, nothing was going right. But, you know, we had some defensive guys that uh, played their hearts out and actually played really good games. Uh, Nick Stoltenberg, Antonio Reed, the, I thought those guys stepped up to prove that they were, you know, worthy of a black shirt. I'm going to throw out the whole defensive line. DeAndre Thomas came in and played well. I thought the Davises both played well. Um, I, 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 Ian freedom. I thought he was okay. You know, I think the defensive line came in and played really well. Um, I think the linebackers did good in run defense. Uh, you know, but, but again, it just, that secondary is just got torched. Derek. The one stat I will throw out there that I found the biggest improvement for the second half in the first half, Oregon was six for eight on third down conversions. In the second half, I believe they were one for six, if I remember right. Yeah. So, I mean, we did finally get to the point where we could, we stopped them when we needed to. If we could have just got a few third down stops in that first half, maybe they're not up 42-14 at halftime. Tyler. You, 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 the stat that made me about throw up, in the first half, Oregon completed 88% of their passes. I mean, that is unreal. And, and hats off to them. I mean, that young quarterback of theirs, he looks really good. I and mean, he, I mean, he's going to have a couple more years in that system or at least one more year. But, man, he, he looks good. I think Oregon's on the uptick for sure out in the Pac-12. So the offense had their chances in the first half. Uh, in, the sec- in the second half, there were times where at least I felt like uh, we had Oregon's defense on the ropes. You know, it seemed like we were going to get that tie and – it just kept eluding us and eluding us. What are your thoughts on the offensive struggles? Derek, you started talking about this earlier. Uh, elaborate. Well, when you, anytime you throw four interceptions, I'm just going to throw it out there. I know people are going to say that two of them weren't Tanner Lee's fault, but Tanner Lee had himself a Tommy turnover kind of day. He did. Plain and simple. He was overthrowing guys. He was throwing too wide, throwing behind guys. And – those two interceptions that weren't his fault weren't maybe his worst throws, but he had a lot of other throws that really were just terrible throws. And the other two interceptions that were his fault were absolutely terrible throws. The one was, uh, I believe it was Stanley. He was throwing to uh, Stanley Morgan 
And Stanley Morgan hadn't even turned around yet. He didn't even know the ball was coming. The only one that knew the ball was coming was the defensive guy, so he made a play on it. So what I noticed in the game, and I wish I knew how many times this was, but it seemed fairly often, Tanner Lee, he he always tries to throw into double coverage. You know, it, it just seemed like he just tries to throw in double coverage for whatever reason. And you're talking about Morgan. I guess he was targeted 16 times during that game for seven catches. And, you know, he, he did have two drops, the one that led to that interception. But I was kind of disappointed to see Tanner Lee, a guy that we have, you know, we had so much hope for and great dreams for prior to the season, just struggled to make. I mean, he looked like a freshman out there, truthfully. Tyler? Well, let's get be a little careful. You know, you mentioned Stanley Morgan. I'm going to hold some of those on Stanley Morgan. I mean, you know, that first interception, that was completely off him. It bounced off his face mask. And, I mean, that, <laughs> that that, that's terrible. And Stanley Morgan's got to make that play. And, and, you know, that one that you're crushing him on, Derek, how do you know Stanley Morgan didn't turn around? It's okay for a quarterback to anticipate a route. And if Morgan had turned the right way, that would have hit him in the chest. Now, maybe Tanner misread it. I don't know. But, I mean, some of those go on the receivers, too. Derek? Well, you talk about that first interception that that Stanley Morgan bounced off his face mask. But what people seem to have missed is Tyler Hoppus went on a slant route up the middle, and there wasn't a guy within five yards of him. So he shouldn't have been throwing to Stanley Morgan into double coverage to begin with on that play. I don't know if that you could call that double coverage. I mean, he was one-on-one with the guy. If it didn't bounce off his face mask, the other guy's not even in play. I mean, the guy caught it three yards away from Stanley Morgan. But, you know, on the Tanner Lee note, you know, I, I will say this about you guys want to crush him. I, I will say his fourth quarter performance is terrible. But the first three quarters of that game, he was 16 for 28 for 222 yards and uh, three touch. Was it three touchdowns? Two, two, two touchdowns. Two, two touchdowns. I'm sorry. And and you look at that performance and, you, you know, you really start saying that's not bad first three quarters. Um, the problem with Tanner Lee is fourth quarter. This is the second week in a row that he's fallen apart in the fourth quarter. For the first two games, he is 7 for 21 in the fourth quarter. And he was abysmal. And I don't know if he gets mentally fatigued. I don't know if he starts getting, you know, lose a little bit of efficiency. But um, I I worry about his fourth quarter performance as the season goes on. Look, I I don't don't disagree with you, especially on the fourth quarter thing. I mean, I I do disagree with you on some of his first half performance. But... It's not like Tanner Lee can't improve. And it's not like I don't think he probably will improve. This was a terrible game for him. But It was. In Arkansas State, you know, that fourth quarter was kind of a terrible quarter for him. But right now, you have to wonder where he's at a little mentally. I mean, is he letting some of this get to his head, or is he going to be able to just smooth it out and get back into game day, Come the, especially come this weekend? You, you know, what? one of my – good buddies he, he told me he texted me during the game is his biggest fear is tanner lee is exactly who he was at tulane a guy that is a touched even touchdown interception ratio a 60 percent completion guy uh and, and that's who he was 52 percent i thought he was like 58 at <laughs> tulane but regardless uh you know i that's the concern with him right now is, is he we have this guy built up because he has all the fundamentals and he looks the part but is he really just maybe the guy who's at Tulane that was it? Yeah, he's an okay quarterback. Well, Derek's been he's been hammering on that all spring, you know, just bringing up Tulane, and we'd get on to him like, hey, you can't blame him for what he did at Tulane. He's grown, but may, maybe you're right. 
But Tanner Lee, he's definitely going to need to improve, especially on the third downs. Our third downs suck. Uh, during this game, we were 2 of 14 on third downs. And through two games, we're 9 of 28 on third downs, ranking 103 in the nation. I want to ask you guys something. Do you guys see this as an issue or can we chalk up these Oregon's, you know, with the third downs? Is that just a one game anomaly? So what do you guys think, Derek? Well, it's obviously not a one game anomaly. If it's two games that we're still doing terrible on third down conversions. And, well, and the, and the we're seven to 14 against Arkansas state. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, the other part of that, that, that equation is the defense is 14 or 27, giving up 50, 51, almost 52% of third downs. The third down conversion ratio goes both ways. And our defense, if they can't start stopping people on third downs and our offense can't start making drives last a little longer by by converting some of these third downs, we're in a lot of trouble this year. Tyler? You know, and I, I think the third down is a concern. And, and one of the fears of that is we've had a lot of seconds and eight, second and eights, third and eights. And those are hard to complete. And, uh, you know, the running game, you know, this week was pretty good with Trey Bryant. But I'm not going to say great. That offensive line didn't overly impress me. Uh, I thought they played okay at times. But you saw that fourth quarter, you know, people want to say we threw the ball too much. Well, we ran the ball about a third of the plays. We only averaged three yards a carry in the fourth quarter. I mean, you're down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. You're not going to run the ball every play. You ran a third of the plays for three yards. The offensive line needs to be stronger in the fourth quarter to win that game. Well, it does hurt when your money back is out, you know, with Trey Bryant. Uh, it's tr- true, but it's, that's true. I'd like, to, I'd like to know who's telling you that we threw the ball too much in that game. Like, when you're down 42-14 at halftime, you don't have a lot of other options. I, I, I will say <laughs> there were people on Twitter that were saying, you need to run your game plan in this fourth quarter. Because the fourth quarter, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, that's not a throw-every-down situation. Those are drunk huh? people. They drunk people say stupid yeah. things on Twitter. <laughs> people should not be Derek would know. The game. <laughs> hey, so let's talk about the ground game. You know, uh, Trey Bryant, he's out. Still no Zigbo. Uh, what do you guys expect out of the ground game moving forward? Derek? A lot of... Oh, go, go ahead, Tyler. Go ahead, Tyler. I, I, I expect as long as Trey Bryant is healthy, a lot of Trey Bryant. Uh, you know, Derek, going into the season, you really wanted to see a back feature. We got one. Uh, uh, we definitely got Trey Bryant. He, he's the feature back. There's no doubts about it. It's shocking to me. It, it, the fact that Zigbo is nowhere to be found is shocking to me. He, from what I saw, was proven, but you can't argue what Trey Bryant's doing. He has been impressive. The first running back that has ran for uh, 100 yards in ba- the first two games in the season and a few seasons now. Um, I mean, he's looked really good to start the year. Looks real good. Derek. So that brings up the one concern of his knee. And as much as I've, you're right, Todd, I've always been the running back. I don't like the committee, but our, his knee is starting to kind of concern me. You know, he didn't practice after the first game, after the 31 carries because of his knee. And I understand it's kind of a continuing problem with him, something they've known about since they picked him up. But now here we go with 20 carries in this game, and he had to leave the game because of his knee. I just hope I, I hope he's durable enough to last the season, I guess. 
I would love to have him as a feature back because you're right. He is a monster when he's carrying the ball healthy. But if he, but if he's going to be hurt every game, I don't know if he's doing us all that too much good being a featured back. So for this, for the most part in this show, we've pretty much bagged on Nebraska, their performances offensively and defensively. But what positives can we take away from this game, Tyler? I mean, I think I think you look at the game and the fact that we didn't give up. I mean, that that's a huge thing, as I brought up earlier. But I will also say there are players on this team whether it be Trey Bryant, whether it be the youth we saw with the freshman uh, right tackle from South Dakota, Fairneck, um, who looked really well. There you go. Sorry. Uh, Stolenberg, as I mentioned earlier, I think, you know, you look at a lot of our players. and We had players that really showed up. I think that is something you could take forward to, through the rest of the season. Derek. You're right. And with, with that many young players playing, probably the one po- – the biggest positive I took, and this might be one of those small things, but we only had three penalties for 25 yards. Although the one penalty cost us something pretty big when DPE jumped and got a false start on a fourth and one that Tanner Lee ran a quarterback sneak that had a first down. And we ended up having to punt it away because of that. And then Oregon took the ball and drove down the field to score another touchdown. But I, but I was very impressed with only three penalties. That's that's especially against a team like Oregon. You're bound to get some pass interference penalties or some holding penalties with a team that fast. It just tends to happen. So I was impressed that they didn't have a lot of penalties. Would it be fair to argue or make an argument? Could one make it the argument that we only, you know, we only made it a game due to the penalty situation on Oregon because they were flagged a lot of times. 13 times for 111 yards, to be exact. That was, and yes, that was a I think lot. you could very much make that argument. So so the argument, one of the things that positives that I've heard a lot of Husker fans say, and I'm curious your guys' take, is that our defense looks very, very suited for Big Ten play. Um, you know, we look good between the tackles. We look really good at tackling there. I mean, are you guys seeing that as Wisconsin and Iowa come to town? Do you see your defense matching up really well with them? As long as they promise not to pass. Yeah, <laughs> I love our chances. Can we get that in writing? I, I don't I don't know, with, guys. The, with the two teams that we've played, I think it's pretty hard to judge that. Because when you play a team like Wisconsin, they're going to do that about 40 times a game as opposed to five times a game. And so I guess durability is going to come into situation against a team like Wisconsin. Can we stop them for a little while? Yeah, absolutely. Can we stop them for a whole game? I think that is yet to be seen. All right. So, Tyler, that was actually an excellent segue to get into our poll question of the week on Twitter. Uh, we had asked through two games, now what are your current expectations for total wins for the Huskers in the regular season? You could pick from six or less, seven, eight wins, or nine or more? Those were your options. Tyler, how would you answer that question? You know, on this one, I went back and forth. Before the season, I had us at nine wins. Um, I did have us beating Oregon. So, the you know, obviously, I sit there and I say, okay, are we going to drop to eight? Or are we going to stay at that nine? I, I did go to eight. I think, you know, teams like Ohio State, that speed is going to kill us. Um, I, I don't think we can win at Happy Valley. And we're going to drop a game somewhere. If it's Wisconsin or Iowa or Minnesota, I mean, this defense has not shown me enough to believe 
that they're going to improve. But what I will say is I don't have the sky is falling mentality like some fans. I, I still think we're a bold team. We're going to be a team that's going to have some progress throughout the season. Derek, how would you answer the question? I contemplated going either six or less or seven. I ended up voting the seven. Wow. I, this guy, to me, this guy is falling. Right now, I'm scared to play Purdue because they've looked better than we have. They took they took Louisville down to the damn wire, and we went down to the wire with Arkansas State. They pummeled uh, their Ohio, and I, I get that Oregon's a lot better in Ohio, but right now, our defense scares the living hell out of me. I just don't see us improving that much this year. I think we're going to win a lot of games. So you picked seven games, and before the season started, you had us pegged at nine and three, correct? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, I had us pegged at nine and three as well, and uh, I picked eight wins because and, – and I did have us losing to Oregon. You know, I, I did it on the podcast last week. I picked him to Nebraska to lose before the season, and now with everything that I've seen before me through eight quarters of football – I just think we're vulnerable. I, I don't like our pass defense at all, and I think that we're going to lose a game that we didn't think that we would lose. So I I have a set eight wins as well. Uh, the people that participated into our poll, of course, we don't know what they had us pegged for uh, before, but uh, eight wins and nine wins each got 35% of the vote. So 75% of the vote gets eight or more. Uh, 12% had seven wins. And 18% had a six or less. So there are some people with the doom and gloom mentality, I'm guessing, unless they had a set six or less before, which I just don't see. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk about Northern Illinois real quick. Uh, they're one and one. They had a 23 to 20 loss against Boston College in the opener. Last week, they defeated Eastern Illinois 38 10. Uh, what scares you about Northern Illinois as they come to Lincoln on Saturday, Derek? The quarterback I started last week <laughs> scares me a little bit. Daniel Santa Catarina. Santa <laughs> Catarina. There we go. The, the, you're That's hard as to close say. as I'm going to be. You're as yeah, I'm going to call it, him D. I, yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, he passed for almost yeah. he passed for 67.6% of his passes. I mean, he didn't start the first game, but he started that second game. I'm not – 100% sure if they had an injury as to why he started or if they just felt he was the better option in the second game. But if he's passing that kind of completion percentage and we have yet to really shut down a passing style defense or offense, he scares me a little bit. Their wide receivers are pretty short. I think their tallest wide receiver is like 6'1", but the rest of them are all about 5'10", 5'11". So we should our, – our, cornerback or back our backfield should match up fairly well with them but that don't mean anything right now to me so Tyler what do you see well so so Derek just the quarterback did get injured uh their starting quarterback uh his last name's Graham you know he actually played pretty well against Boston College and that kind of concerned me a little bit you know, he ran for 99 yards, and they lost by three points. And I was like, man, you know, going against Boston College and losing by threes, that's pretty impressive until I see that Boston College loses by 21 points to Wake Forest. So that's not so impressive anymore. And, and you're right. They look pretty good against Eastern Illinois. But 
that's Eastern Illinois. I mean, truthfully, the thing that concerns me about Northern Illinois this week is they run a very similar offense to the last two weeks we've seen. <clears throat> They're going to do this dump. They're going to do these short passes. And we have not shown a capability of defending that yet. And, you know, this is the third week for Diaco. And I keep hearing about this bend, don't break defense. But I think he needs to step up the aggression a little bit. And I don't know if we're going to see it, but this needs to be a statement game for our black shirts this week. Well, it's definitely starting to feel more like a break, don't bend type of defense because it's breaking a lot. Well, what advantages does Nebraska have against the Huskies, Tyler? Every one of them. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're more athletic across the board. There's not one position. And I searched trying to figure that out. Like, what position, what athlete scares me in Northern Illinois? And it's just the scheme and what we are bringing. That is what scares me about Northern Illinois. Guys, injuries are going to be a concern this week. Kalou is probably not playing. I'm still not convinced Trey Bryant's suiting up this week. But, I mean, even without those two, we should be able to match up very well athletically against them. Derek? You're right. Athletically, we should be able to dominate this team. But are they going to be able to take advantage of the mistakes that we seem to keep making throughout the first two weeks? That, that's my biggest concern. I, I think we beat ourselves probably more than they beat us. Not saying that they're going to win the game, but I, I think as far as if there's anything that scares me, it's going to be us beating ourselves more than the other way around. I think one thing to keep an eye on is their defensive backfield. Uh, you know, Granted, it's the MAC. They got a good defensive backfield in the MAC, but given Tanner Lee's struggles so far, I'm really curious to see what our receivers are going to do against their defensive backs and how Tanner Lee will, uh, how he'll respond to a, after a four interception game. So I am yeah, curious no, on that. You know, the thing about this is all, the Huskers have said all the right things this week. And, and that's one thing you got to appreciate the way they finished the game and what they've been saying. I mean, you do believe that this team knows they screwed up and they're in a position they need to improve. Uh, they're not h- hanging their hats on a moral victory like I was scared they were going to do. They they feel they got their asses kicked, and they're looking to prove, I I believe, to improve throughout the season. But they were kind of saying the right things after Arkansas State as well, you know? I mean, I don't know. T- time will tell. Saturday will get here soon enough. But uh, is there anything specific you want to see out of this game on Saturday, Derek? <laughs> It would be nice to see, uh, I don't know, Northern Illinois have less than 10 points in the first half and Nebraska scoring over 42 and maybe seeing a little second string in to get them a little experience. But, yeah, again, I don't know that I see that. So, <laughs> Tyler, what do you want to see out of this game this week? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, that would be nice to see. Uh, you know, what I, I honestly, I would say, besides just a blowout, I, I want to see, do we have a backup plan for Trey Bryant? You know, does Will Bond, does he have the chops to be a featured back and actually carry the ball 15 times? I'll tell you, if Trey Bryant, even if he plays, if he carries the ball 30 times, that's a coaching mistake. They they, they need to conserve him, even if he suits up. I, I got to see, does another running back have the chops to step up and take it if he can't play? I agree. I, I would like to, I would almost like to see Trey Bryant just sit this game out and let him rest that knee up a little bit. Me too. Save, save him for Are there any play. Are there any players in particular that you truly want to see come off the shelf and play this week? Derek, who, who gets your vote? Patrick O'Brien. Tyler? 
you know, this isn't guy off the shelf, but I want to see Tajon Lindsay come on unleashed. I think one of the concerns I have about this team is the lack of receivers and weapons on the outside. It looks like it's hops DPE and Morgan. We need another wide receiver. Lindsay is talented enough to be the guy. I really want to see him become more of a focal point in the passing game. You always choose the question. You never answer the question directly. <laughs> but you know what, Tyler, you're onto something. You know, the, the guys like Brian Reimers that you hear that we heard a lot of what there's, there hasn't been not, a lot of not one ahead. completion, not one completion for Reimers this year. And, I and mean, well, to be fair, he's only been thrown to twice. Well, that's the problem is, 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 and I don't know if that's Tanner Lee or the talent, but these guys aren't getting targets. And I don't know if it's because they're not open is something I thought against Oregon. I didn't see a lot of wide receivers running open out there, but I, I really concerned about these other wide receivers. Like I've been this whole time. Well, uh, Justin, who, else? who's your play? Justin, who's your player you want to see come? Out? Oh, I, I want to see Jalen Bradley. I want to see him come off. I, I really want to see what he can do. I I got to think that the ship has sailed for Divina Zigbo. I, you know, we're playing the Where's Waldo or Where's Zigbo, and he's nowhere to be found. And we could have, we probably could have used him after Trey Bryant went out last week. If there was any time that you thought that you would see a Zigbo, last week was probably going to be it, in my opinion. And that just didn't happen. So there's something more than than what meets the eye there. So I am excited to see what Jalen Bradley can do. Derek? Especially considering Zigbo had 92 yards rushing against Oregon last year. And they Hmm. didn't see playing time this year. Something seems weird to me about that, but... The coaches know what they're doing, I think. Yeah, I'm not so, so Riley, Riley talked about that, and he said, you know, he talked about the wanting to go to a one-featured-back situation, and he talked about Divine Zigbo specifically. And he made a comment about how, you know, you, you could go around and pout about it, but, uh, you know, but you, you just need to be ready to play. And when he said that, you know, he made it sound like Zigbo hasn't been pouting. But the fact that he had a preference that and didn't talk about his character and all the things made me feel like maybe Zigbo is pouting a little bit about his role in this team. And maybe that's why he's been buried the way he has. Because I I think if he's been that true guy, I don't know if they're sitting there saying for sure Bradley's red shirt's getting burned this week. Well, that's uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, Let's let's get into our weekend picks. Uh, Terrible, terrible games, by the way, this weekend. Such a letdown after last weekend, but anyway. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Last week. Oh, yeah, you got you got to talk about Stat Boy. We got to get figure out what we did last week. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm getting to it. How did we do last week, Derek? Well, <laughs> I'm hoping that all the listeners did not bet on what we said because <laughs> we did not do well at all. We all, but Justin and I both went three and three. Tyler went two and four. And there wasn't even Alabama to throw him off either. True, so. no. true. Notre Dame threw both of you guys off, though. I, that's what I get for going with the Irish. I should know better than that. Yeah, you were rude for McGregor, too. <laughs> that was 100 bucks on that. But thing. Tyler did kind of gain a little bit on ground on us when he picked USC over Stanford, who were me and Justin's dumbassery picks. Who I... I couldn't have been ass. more wrong on that. They got their asses handed to them. I that could was... not have been more wrong. 
Hey, another game that we couldn't have been more wrong on, and I, actually, in the end, I kind of love it. Oklahoma and Ohio State. True, true. But there's Were not, a, per- there's not a person that- in the country that picked that one right, I don't think, hardly. True. Were any of you guys offended what Baker Mayfield did at, did at the 50-yard line? No. I thought it was awesome. I hope Tanner Lee can do that. <laughs> that means he has to win a big road game first. Well, <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. He'll do it against uh, Illinois. He's got to win some more home games before we get to any more road games. <laughs> all right, well, let's get into our picks this week. Uh, I think I got the home team correct on all these games this week, but uh, let's give it a try. Uh, first game, we got Oregon at Wyoming. Wyoming, 14-point dogs. Derek? Oregon all the way. They cover the spread. This is... This would be the game that if I was a betting man, this is probably the game I'm betting on. Yeah, Tyler. Derek, I'm with you. I like that pick. Uh, Oregon win, cover the spread. If Wyoming is going to win, it because of Josh Allen, and he has not played well. Uh, he has played terrible to start the year. Um, you know, he struggled really badly against Iowa, only putting up three points. Wyoming's not as good as anyone thought. They're going to get rolled against Oregon. Yeah, I agree. This is one of my uh... – uh, preseason games to watch for, and wow, I'm, that's the only reason that it's included this week is because we talked about it beforehand. Uh, but Oregon run, wins running away. Here's a little bit more intriguing battle: Purdue at Missouri. Derek, you know this actually turned into a, even a more intriguing game than I anticipated. The only reason I thought this would be intriguing was because of the kind of bottom dwellers of the SEC and Big Ten playing each other. But I'm not so sure Purdue is that much of a bottom dweller. Missouri's got a good offense, but they got no defense whatsoever. I think Purdue wins this game on the road. Nice. Tyler. Yeah, I think this is actually a very competitive game. Um, I don't know if I'm completely sold on Purdue yet, but if they go down to Missouri and win, I will be sold on them. I just don't see it happening. I think Missouri wins at home. I think people are reading a little bit too much in uh, Purdue playing Louisville tough that first week. Uh, first weeks are kind of up in the air what you'll see and I, I think you'll get a guy in Demerit Crockett who ran for 200 yards uh, the first game and almost 100 yards last week for Missouri I think Missouri wins this game well it's uh, interesting Missouri's seven point favorites but you know me I've had several Boilermakers tonight so I'm taking Purdue <laughs> we got tough. LSU at Mississippi State Mississippi State seven point dogs Derek I don't. This game. This game is pretty tough to pick, but LSU's defense really is just too much. I think they've only given up ten points in two games. I, I just don't know if Mississippi State's gonna be a score, be able to score much. Mississippi State's defense is a little more leaky, so maybe LSU scores a few. But I think this is one of those low-scoring games that LSU squeaks out. Tyler. Yeah. Agree completely. Uh, LSU's defense is the difference. I also like DJ Clark for LSU. Last week he had three catches for 100 yards and a punt return. If you watched him, I caught a little bit of the game. This guy's an athlete. Uh, you know, he, he's like one of those stereotypical LSU athletes. If only they had a quarterback to throw the ball to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that makes three of us. I like LSU in this game as well. Next, we got Tennessee at Florida. Florida's five point favorites. Derek? You know, the champions of life are going to fall to the Gator Chomp. 
I love that reference. Champions of life. I forgot about that. <laughs> I, I think I think Florida with their I think they have most of their guys back from suspension, right? Yeah. Yes. So I think I think Florida will probably beat up on Tennessee pretty well here, but who knows? But I, I'll definitely go with the Florida here. Tyler. I don't think Florida was as bad as they showed that first week. I, I think the suspensions hurt them, and I think Michigan might be a little bit better than I gave them credit to, even though they have no quarterback. Uh, I, I think Florida's a little bit better, and I, I don't think much of Tennessee. Florida wins this game. Here's a little fun nugget. You know, we were talking about the third-down conversion rates uh, earlier on with Nebraska's failures at third downs. Hey, at least we're ahead of Florida. But uh, that's the only nugget I have out of that. But uh, I like Florida in that game as well. All right, we got Clemson at Louisville. Louisville's 3.5 dogs. Derek. Oh, I'll tell you. Honestly, this game, I never would have thought this before. But Clemson's defense is just too good. Like, I would have thought this would have been more of a shootout type of game normally. But Clemson's defense is only giving up 118 and a half yards a game. And it's not like they've played two crappy teams so far. I mean, they played Auburn, who is a respectable team at least, who was supposed to have a Heisman quarterback, a Heisman hopeful quarterback. And they're still only averaging 118 yards per game and only 40 pass yards per game. I think they shut Lamar Jackson down a little bit, and Clemson wins this game. Fairly comfortably, not comfortably. Tyler, you know I, you know going in the year I thought Florida State was going to win the ACC, but now looking, I think this is the game that might decide who comes out of that division in the ACC. I think this is for the what is it, the Coastal Division, whatever one it is. You keep those two straight, but um, it, it's going to be a competitive game. But Derek, I'm with you on uh, Clemson's defense. They have not allowed a touchdown through two games. Kelly Bryant has come in and played really well in replacing Deshaun Watson. Uh, I think Clemson has enough to beat uh, Louisville. I'm really interested to see what Lamar Jackson does against this. You know, he he didn't look fantastic against Purdue opening week. Last week, he, he made it rain again like he did, uh, you know, last year. His stats are still competitive with last year for the most part. Uh I want to see if Lamar Jackson can, you know, if this is his like Florida State game from last year. I think he falls short, though. I think it is a close game. I got Clemson. All right. So game we're not of the week. Have much ground gain this week by any of us. Yeah. Uh, Go Missouri. Well, I tell you what, I almost went with <laughs> Louisville. I just want to keep up with you boneheads, I guess. I don't know. All right. So we got Northern Illinois at Nebraska. Nebraska's fourteen-point favorites. All right, your final thoughts and score prediction, Derek. Let's uh, let's have it. Oh, really? You always got to go with me first on this. All right. You actually surprised every week. I know. <laughs> this is the other game that if I was to bet, if I was a betting man, I'd bet on Northern Illinois on this game for the point spread. I think their offense will move the ball on our defense. Our defense is just terrible right now. Offense, we still seem to make mistakes. Offensive line seems to give up too much pressure. I do think Nebraska wins the game 35-33. to 33. Wow, that's a close one. It's way too close for me. Tyler. Uh, Derek, 
Uh, I don't know if I agree with you, man. I, I think, you know, if Trey Bryant was 100%, I think we put up more than 40 points. I think without him, we, we do struggle a little bit more moving the ball. I, I got Nebraska winning 34-21. I think the Black Shirts are going to turn it around, but not this week. I, I think that's going to be a work in progress throughout the season. You know, last last week, Purdue gave it to Ohio, and Ohio was one of the uh, big guys in the MAC. Northern Illinois isn't the same Northern Illinois team that we've come to love and root for. Not really root for, but, you know, dominate the MAC, right? They're a mid-level MAC team. All given, though, I, I, I still struggle with uh, Nebraska's defense. I think we win, but I, just, just our defense has me scared. I got Nebraska winning 38-27. And I'm really surprised by you guys because all of us have it really, really close. That's just I got so, I got so I, I guess I guess the bet of the week would be take Northern Illinois against the spread because I don't think or, anybody's got us beating it. Or yeah, since we that, all think it, since, or since we all think it, pick Nebraska to cover this well, week. There you go. go. This would be the game <laughs> we come out and win like seventy to seven. Who knows? Let's hey, well, and you know what? If I we're gonna do it, this is this is a game to do it. I mean, if we're gonna, this is a game that we can get a little bit of confidence back and and against a really inferior opponent. Because you know what, Rutgers isn't looking like a cakewalk anymore. Purdue's not looking like a cakewalk anymore. Big Ten play is not suiting up very well for know. us. But what are you telling Rutgers? Like, uh, some Eastern FCS Michigan. Team? They lost to Eastern Michigan, sixteen Eastern to thirteen, Michigan. and they're not a cakewalk. I hope Eastern, oh, no, those, I'm sorry, Western Michigan. I'm sorry, I was thinking Western Michigan. Uh, Eastern Michigan was the one that almost beat USC, but that I get my directional Michigan schools mixed around. You're like, okay, Rutgers is a cakewalk. I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I stand corrected. All right, guys. Uh, good show, guys. Uh, but let's get out of here. All right. Uh, let's see here. I lost my notes. <laughs> anyway, you guys know what to do. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Husker Cuscast. We'll be back next Tuesday to talk about uh, whoever we're playing, Northern Illinois, and uh, talk Rutgers. about the preview for Rutgers. Rutgers. Good gracious. Worst right, outro go. ever. Worst outro ever. Patrick, where are you, buddy? We miss you. <laughs> All right. Go Big Red, guys. Go Big go Red. Big red. Say bye bye so long, see you later, take it easy, be cool, hang loose.